to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's weird that I say off the mats because I feel like people know that's what they're listening to. So why do I have to keep telling you? So yeah, welcome back to the podcast. And I'm happy you guys joined me. And I'm happy that my guest joined me too. We're going to get a little weird. My guest this episode is longtime friend of the podcast and world traveler, grappling badass, Miss Julia Blackburn. How you doing, Julia? I'm doing well, just floating around this summer, so here to talk about. I realized when we scheduled this that I am on the podcast about every, I think, like, two, 20 episodes hmm. is what I figured out. So I was okay. on, like, six mid-60s, 20s, almost 100, and now, so yeah. So I end up a good path, and then I look back and see like all the stuff that's happened since the last time we talked, and I'm like, wow. When I can, when can I get off this roller coaster? <laughs> Nobody, you signed up for it. You're here. You, I didn't sign up for it though. Other people did. My parents and my sister signed me up for it. They wanted me. Oh, that roller coaster! I thought you meant the jujitsu roller coaster. I no, like, okay, I mean, just brought around the life events, I suppose, but just all of them at once, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is weird how that, that that roller coaster of life happens. It's like, here you are, you're here. You don't have a choice now. You got to do things. And my mm-hmm. whole issue is, like, why don't we, you know, I, I guess so many people are born every day, though. It's like, Cause my feeling is like, let's revise these rules. Cause there's some rules that are going on that I wasn't here for and nobody consulted me mm-hmm. and some I, I agree with some, I don't, but look, man, like sometimes I just, I agree. I, I didn't sign up for this, but I'm the oldest too. So it's like, it's not even like I had like a sibling that was like, Hey, I want a brother. Like, mm-hmm. Nope. That was just here. And then I got four little brothers. And I didn't ask for them either. <laughs> they just showed up and I was like, what the fuck is this? But now I love them. They're pretty cool now. So yeah. and I, my daughter keeps it like, I want a sister. I was like, well, <laughs> keep wanting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the kid across the street. That's the closest you're going to get. Go play with her. Leave me alone. So what's been going on with you, though, Julia? Okay. Let's just start from the beginning of the crazy stories I have to tell from my travels. Um, I think I hadn't been to Charleston open when we last talked. No, no. Okay. I have a story for that. Um, (laughs) Little first story time. I went to Charleston open and this was actually the third time that I had been trying to get to Charleston Open. It's basically like been a getting there movie. Um, Cause the first time I had like hurt my knee. And so I backed out second time my niece was born. And this was the third time. Like finally I'm going, this is great. And I drug my friend along too, who doesn't do jujitsu. 
It's like, we're going to have a girls weekend in Charleston. It's going to be so much fun. We are um, like halfway there and there's a bunch of traffic and construction and we get rear-ended. We were fine. Like, like, thankfully my car was really safe and it's fine, but my car was totaled and we got stuck on the road. Like we, this turned into like an all day road trip because of this. I'd say how, this. How far away are you from Charleston to begin with? Oh, this should have been a four hour or less road trip. But we were there for until I don't think we got in until like 10 o'clock at night. It was bad because um, it was like, yeah, the accident was just a mess. But thankfully, jujitsu has family with it. And the rest of the gang and family was uh, late leaving because they're a Brazilian. So they always leave late. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, you know, we get the accident, it's horrible, scary, it's bad. Um, and I call my mom, I'm like, we're fine, we're alive. And then I call Fernanda, my coach, and I'm like, Fernanda, you're gonna hit some traffic. That's our fault. <laughs> I'm laughing now because like, it's, it's just this crazy, right? Because it's, you know, it's one highway and the accident is a two-lane highway. The accident blocked the whole thing up. And she's like, oh, my gosh, she's freaking out. Um, they were about an hour and a half, two hours behind us. And then they finally got all the cars cleared and everything. And they put us in, my friend and I, in the um, officer's car to drive us up to get our statements because we, it wasn't my fault. Totally not my fault. I stopped and nobody else did. Uh, <laughs> but they put sounds, us in the Sounds in the like your fault. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I stopped for the car in front of me that was stopped. And put my flashers on and everything. They weren't paying attention. But we're sitting in the back of the car because um, they drug my car and all the other cars off the road, right? And we could not be in the car at that time. So we're sitting on the side of the road. And I told Fernando, I'm like, hey, you know, just meet us up at this exit. That's where we're going to go talk to everybody, get statements and everything. She doesn't do that. No, they stop on the side of the highway and come and knock on the police officer's window. And she's like, Julie, Julie, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh my God. And the officer's like, ma'am, ma'am, they're fine. Please get back in your vehicle. Yeah, so there's your jujitsu family. Like if they're not going to stop on the side of the highway and make sure you're fine. I mean, I feel like that's most people, but on the stop, the side of the highway and bang on a cop car. Jujitsu family hits different. Yes. So, so most people would assume after that I wouldn't have competed. I did. Yeah, I was like, I am. I'm too stubborn and determined at this point. I have tried to get Charleston Open three times now. I'll be damned if I'm not competing this time. So we got in. I slept maybe two hours, right? Just because stress. And got to the event and I, you know, I'm always determined, obviously, when I go to a competition, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to fight. But obviously, this was a different case. So I gave myself until I had to walk onto that mat to back out and say no of the match. I only had one match. There was only, there was only a two-person division. But I went out and I got to the side of the mat and I was like, 
danced around a little bit, moved around. And I was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? So I went out there and I won. And then I was like, you know what? I'm done. I normally stick around and do no gi and both open classes. And I was like, no, that's all. I'm going to push it. Uh, and then we went and we had a beautiful weekend. But that was story time number one of getting there. And also, I'm never doing Charleston Open again. Am I superstitious? <laughs> a tiny bit. I'll go to Charleston. I've been to Charleston a bunch. No problems with Charleston. Something is wrong with Charleston Open. Fair enough. So yes. Charleston off the list. Mm -hmm. Ever again. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Now, after that, because last time I talked to you was after Rome, I believe. Because right. mm -hmm. we talked before, because you told me your your grand plan. Mm -hmm. And then you, you executed it. You went through with it. Almost. My grand plan Wait. was... Atlanta mm -hmm. and then Rome. Oh yes, gotcha. that grand plan. Yep. So you you went through with that. And then after mm -hmm. that we talked. And then I haven't spoken to you since. Did, I believe did you go to Ireland? Right. So when we last talked, my plan was to do to come back and do pans and worlds. So I altered that plan. And I did pans. I lost the pans. That's fine. Uh, and then I did, yes, then I did Ireland. I did Dublin. And then I did American Nationals instead of Worlds. That's the other one. I was just talking to someone and I was going down the list, like just trying to go off memory. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's another one that was here in the US. It was, it was a big one, but I can't remember which one. American Nationals. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yes. Now they all have story times. Pans isn't really that much of a story time, I would say. Uh, I just wasn't feeling top of my game that day and uh, I lost. I won the first match and then I lost the second match, so I didn't make it into the finals, but that's okay. I learned. And above all, I was actually happy with my performance because my professor said like that was some of the better fighting he'd seen out of me so far in all the competitions. So I personally took it as a win, really. No, I mean, you went out there and if you felt good, I mean, and you did what you needed to do, you can't hang your head on, you know, hang your head low on that. So exactly. go out there, you did well. So yeah, get it girl. Yes. <laughs> Dublin was fun. Um, also a story time with that competition. Well, I'm all ears. Uh, I usually, when I compete, um, I am very, very dedicated to the week before having my body in like peak condition. And for me, that means eating really healthy and not drinking, not really to cut weight. You know, I don't cut weight. I just go to whatever division I'm at. Uh, but mostly just because that's how I feel best when I'm rolling. That went out the window because it's Dublin. Like they have meat and potatoes and <laughs> beer. I don't really drink beer, but I did in Dublin. Well, you have to. I drank so much beer that I was out at Temple Bar 
until 2 a.m. the day before my competition. Actually, into the day of the competition. Right. How'd that work so out for you? It, it worked out, kind of. I definitely, it was not peak performance. I could have done a lot better, I will be honest. But I got there. I got to the competition. That was the biggest hurdle. And I went out and I I did my first gi match. And I was like, mind you, the entire time I'm there, I'm over in the bleachers, literally like, feel like I'm dying because I'm viciously hungover. Um, and we had picked up along the way. I'm convinced that like my professor has a network of, of friends and Brazilian jiu-jitsu trainers all over the world because he picked up these people that were like, we knew, I knew one. And then there was other ones. Anyway, one of them was like, I'm going to be there for you tomorrow and coach you. I was like, okay, great. Thank you. Appreciate that. And I just, all I really remember from that first match was him yelling at me because I had her, I had her in close guard and I was like in a position to take her back. And I just remember him saying, Julia, pull her on, take the back. You've got this. And I look up at him. I'm like, I don't have that. I cannot physically move that much to to do that. And also, I feel like I would throw up if I had somebody by the back right now because they'd be on my stomach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was that. Wow. But I won the match. But, um, I think I got like two points because I stood up at some point. Um, so did I win? Yeah, I think I won my division. And I got like second or third along the way in the open and I might have won a nogi as well yeah I got like third in nogi um but I I couldn't stay for all of the matches I was like we're we're done I I need to leave here <laughs> so I learned that lesson there's a reason why I should stick to not drinking before competitions well some people got to learn from experience that's yeah, well, you know, I was, you know, my professor has done it before. He doesn't do it now, but if he's like, if he's fighting at a made heavier weight class, he'll have drinks before, but he's also a tank. Like this man can drink a full bottle of bourbon and he's still walking and alive. I would be in the emergency room. So <laughs> just the thought of it is devastating to me. Sheesh. Yeah. So that was fun. But Ireland was really fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it was very different from Rome, but it was still really cool and lots of history. Yeah. I couldn't understand the people there. Like, <laughs> I understood them better in Rome. <laughs> but they also won't let you drink alone. I found that out. I thought that was very interesting. Well, because, like, in Rome, I would go and I'd sit down and I'd have my glass of wine and enjoy the scenery. And nobody came up to me. Nobody bothered me. Not that it's a bother, but in Dublin, like I went to, the, I went to this one bar, just kind of hole in the ball place, and I just wanted to sit and listen to their folk music, and I was there for maybe five minutes before this eighty-year-old man who I could not understand anything this man was saying said, "Hey there, Nasha, are you you drinking? You drinking alone?" I was like, "Yes, I'm alone. It's okay. I like it. I'm I'm a tourist. I'm enjoying. I'm learning." He's like, we don't let you drink alone here. I was like, okay. He's like, I'm going to sit with you. I was like, okay. And I think he was just telling me like his life story and all his grandkids. And he showed me pictures of his grandkids on a flip phone. 
Yeah, that's how old he was. It was adorable. And I did enjoy the company. So it is good to branch out of your introversion at times because you get fun stories. And that was, it was quite lovely sitting and listening and then trying to decode what he was saying. They they drink based off the buddy system. So Mm -hmm. I can dig it. All right. So we got Charleston story time. Dublin story time. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Then America, American Nationals. I did Atlanta Open before that. I did Atlanta now Open. I'm looking. I do too many competitions. Was it? I don't know if there's any such thing as too many, but you did, did do a lot. Yeah, I did Atlanta Open, and that's why I didn't Just do World. One second. Um, <laughs> so you did Atlanta. Then. Yes, and I realize now I did DC too. Um, so and I, 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 I am not going to. You did DC. And I yeah. was going to bring that up because I wanted to be there. Yeah, we we'll get to DC story time after Atlanta story time. Fair enough. I think that is DC story time is like one of the better ones as far as craziness. Well, okay, look, I. I live vicariously through your Instagram stories, so. It was so crazy. It wasn't on the stories, really. Nope, but I saw, so, well, I knew you were in D.C., and then I remember you said you were going to be at the D.C. Open. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. And I was like, okay, you know, there's a lot going on down mm-hmm. in D.C., protests and stuff. So I was like, you know, all right, I see you, Julia. All right. And then I kind of left it there. I was like, I'll, I'll get to Julia on the podcast. <laughs> Yes, yes. All right, um, so give me Atlanta. Atlanta, I love Atlanta Open. You know, it's a hometown open, always good competition. It was a good competition. It was kind of weird, the results for me. So I got um, gold in my gi division, bronze in my open gi, bronze in my no gi division, and gold in my no gi open division. I know, very strange. Um, but I was really happy with that. Uh, the gold in Nogi Open cost me my knee. Yeah. I was really stubborn. I had, you know, I was up by like 10 points. I had a, like 30 seconds left in the match. And she I had a body triangle and she hopped up with her legs and got my like ankle to a point where it pried on my knee that was already, had been previously injured before. Um, so I don't, I didn't go like get an MRI or anything. I just went to my physical therapist who also does jujitsu. So he understands when I explain to him, no, I'm not going to stop training. Just fix it. He understands. Uh, he wasn't able to fix it. Uh, so that was really good. But Atlanta Open was good. We had a lot of people from my team compete. Uh, went both days. I worked some and then cheered on the team. And I really like doing that. Uh, at one point, we had like f- three people on the mats, and I was like, running up and down, screaming for everybody. So it's always I just I love the energy of it, you know. Good. And I didn't even really care about my knee. <laughs> so, but it oh, did put me know. out. I didn't feel well enough with it to go to uh, worlds on it, and I also just didn't feel ready for it. Everybody was like, "Oh, you're so ready. You could go. You can do it. You'll win." You'll, you know, at least get third place or something. I was like, no, I'm going to go to Worlds. 
for the first time and it's gonna I'm gonna go when I'm ready and feel really good about it and then I won't have any regrets you know good yeah, yeah. I think that's important though too is when you're ready because this is your journey this isn't mm-hmm. anyone else's so when you're ready you'll get out there you'll do what you need to do you'll come back with all types of hardware and we're cheering you on yeah Plus, I just like, I don't feel like a trip to California right now. I don't know. I've been to California before a few times. Nothing against California, but I was like, I was looking at California. I was looking at Vegas. I was like, Vegas sounds like a lot more fun than California. (laughs) And it was. So I think I made the right decision on that one. Oh, good, good. And that's the thing, too, is when you look back, you know, as long as you feel like you made the right decision, when you look back on it, that's the key point. And I was so stressed about that decision too. I don't know why. Like I was just really going back and forth about it. Uh, it was also like it was going to be at the busiest time of my work year. So it was that stress as well. And I was I just kept going back and forth. I think I really put the pressure on myself because I like told people I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Worlds this year. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna do it. And I think just that and like kind of making the promise to myself and then telling myself no, it was a bit of a, you know, hard pill to swallow. But yeah, now hindsight is twenty twenty. So I think it was a better option not to go. And who knows what would have happened? I could have won. Oh, well, I had fun with the path I took. So. So after Atlanta mm-hmm. and then you set out worlds because of the injury how long in between you know or for the recovery for the injury uh, from the injury let's see so atlanta open was beginning of may and then july 2nd i went to dc open so a couple months yeah, you know, I didn't stop training. I just trained less. I went, you know, I taped the leg up. I went to PT. I wore the big brace with the hardware in it, you know, and I just kind of pared down. I didn't do any triangles. I didn't do any Delahivas. It was a very painful ego check experience because half of my game is Delahiva and triangles, and I had to get good at other things. So it's a necessary evil. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really happy uh, that, you know, I, I don't know if it's 100%, but it's definitely good now. So I felt no stress on it when I was competing. So that was good. Yeah. Good. good. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. DC story time. All the right, wildest let's go. of them all. You would think that Vegas would have like the wildest story, but we went to Vegas to eat food and compete. I didn't go to Vegas to party and have a hangover movie experience, right? So Vegas was just chill and fun. But uh, (laughs) DC was an experience for several, several reasons. First off, I know you're in Maryland, Mm -hmm. but I I hate DC traffic and the the Mm -hmm. surrounding areas so much. Mm -hmm. And I should have listened to my mother and she's going to be really happy I said that. But I should have listened to her because she's like, Julie, you know, my parents live in Virginia. She's like, Julie, you don't want to go to D.C. It's like, yes, I do. I'm going to come home. I'm going to see you guys hang out at home for a little bit. And I'm going to, you know, take a little jaunt on up to D.C., pop back. No problem. 
two and a half, three hour road trip. It'd be fun. <sighs> no part of this trip was fun. So the beginning, the drive there actually wasn't too bad. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. It wasn't, it wasn't difficult at all. I had easy paths. I just kind of zipped through. Um, except for the fact that on the way there, and I knew it was going to happen because I'm also a lawyer, so I am kind of obsessed with the Supreme Court. On the way there, I told my mom, I was like, you need to call me and tell me the status of the um, Dobbs case, which is one that overturned Roe v. Wade. You need to tell me on the way. She So she called me. I was like, well, shit, this is going to be interesting. So I was also driving to D.C. to meet my boss, bosses, for the first time because my company is remote, but they live in D.C. So I was like, this is great. I'll go up Friday. I'll meet them, we'll have lunch, and then I'll compete on Saturday. It's going to be a great weekend. No. I get there, and I was like, well, this is kind of a crazy, crazy thing in the world. Um, this is a historical event. So something overcame me, and I got to D.C., and I went, and I, like, kind of joined the protest outside of the Supreme Court. So yeah. I saw. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I've never experienced anything like that before and then like the professional woman i am i left and went and acted like everything was completely fine for my meeting with my bosses and that i was a normal person and <laughs> hadn't just gone to a protest and like everything was fine and i think they think i'm a normal person still so you're really good at compartmentalizing i am also crazy while we were having lunch you know we're sitting in this really nice restaurant looking over a river did you hear about the guy that crawled up to the top of the bridge and threatened to jump off because of the decision no i did not yes. hear about that uh this was in dc proper um one of the several bridges this man uh because of the decision climbed up to the top of the bridge and threatened to jump and I looked over there. I was like, hey, guys, what's going on? Why is the bridge? Why there's all this ambulance and stuff? And they're like, oh, yeah, the guy's threatening to jump off. I was like, what? Like, we were seriously just having lunch. Like, this is the most dystopian thing, right? We're having a business, like, lunch. And you look over and you can see this guy waving a green flag at the top of a bridge ready to jump off with EMS and fire blocking the whole bridge. It, this is our, this is life. This is. Yeah. No, we, we are in crazy times, and each day that goes by, I feel like we are in some sort of a bizarre movie that mm -hmm. it's like every day someone grabs the script and says, no, 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 no let's rewrite that. We got to change that. I don't even yeah. feel like it's writers at this point. I feel like it's a dice, like a dice set, and they're like, yeah let's let's shake it up it'll be fun it's like a choose your own adventure book and we're not getting to choose anything the adventures is being chosen for us and we're like okay guess didn't have that one on the bingo card but i'm gonna go with it uh so i had another bingo card experience at dc like it, it's not that wasn't even the full crazy story right so i, I finally I had my day i left dc I was like, we're done i'm getting out of this 
hellhole of a section of the country. It's not even a state. And get to Maryland. I think Maryland will be fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> first off, first complaint in Maryland, y'all don't have any liquor in your grocery stores. And <laughs> nobody told me this. This was a liquor required day. I mean, I understand, I understand like we don't have liquor in our grocery stores in Georgia either, but we at least have wine and beer. And there was no wine or beer in this grocery store. All I needed, I needed to go to the grocery store. I needed some bananas, some Rice Krispies, and some wine. I'm a simple human. That's all I needed at that point, and some that water. a very unique list. But a simple list. Yes. But you know what? They didn't have at the grocery store wine. So I had a coworker many years ago. He and I, he, he lived across the street from me. So we would carpool mm -hmm. to work. And then one day he's like, hey, you know, um, I got to stop off at the, the supermarket real quick before I head home. Is that all right? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm your passenger. Let's roll. So we get to the store and, you know, he's got his basket full. He's not saying anything, but you can see he's frantically pushing the cart around. And he he's, you know, he gets to a point where it's maybe 15 Maybe 15, 20 minutes in. Mm -hmm. And finally he goes, hey, where do you guys keep the beer? Mm -hmm. And I keep forgetting I've been here long enough at this point. Because everywhere else that I've ever gone, there's been at least beer mm -hmm. in the grocery store. Or it's like in the, like a, it's part of the grocery store. It's like a different, like you go out the grocery store, you go in the other building, right? Like Florida yeah. has that. So no. I told him, I was like, well, and, and that's the thing, all of our, where we lived in Colombia, specifically, we have villages. So there's mm -hmm. a village center, and then the village center is always going to be a, a grocery store, a pizza joint, mm -hmm. a Chinese restaurant, a bank, mm -hmm. and a liquor store. Without fail, you'll always find Where's those five things. Uh, oh, yeah, in a barbershop. Yes, in a barbershop. Some form of a barbershop. And there's one other, that's it. They, they have a bank, barbershop. There's usually one other obscure thing that's always in there. I want to say yeah. like a nail salon or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, for this trip, I said to some of my neighbors, I was like, well, yeah, if you look like, you know, right out there across, you know, the, the parking lot, liquor store right there, I was like, you guys don't keep the beer? In the grocery store, I was like, "Nah, man. Like, I mean, you get some odols. <laughs> like, he's like, "Nah, nah, I'm not doing that." But yeah, Maryland definitely. The, I, I lost a bet once because there's a Seven Eleven that had beer, and this was like uh, final, uh, last call at the bar. And this guy's like, "Well, if we can just run up to the Seven Eleven and get a thirty pack." I was like, there's no fucking beer at the 7-Eleven. What are you talking about, you lunatic? I was like, yes, there is. I was like, no, there isn't. I was like, okay, well, what kind of bet do you want to put on this one? He goes, let's go $20. I was like, word, I didn't have $20. I just got that trash at the bar. I had no money. I was like, word, let's go. We got up there, sure enough, not just like one 30-pack, but they had a variety of 30-packs. And I was so confused. It's the only 7-Eleven in Maryland that I've ever seen that carried beer. And it, it, it's, I'm still confused by it because it's like, why you? And you're in the weirdest place. You're in Ellicott City. 
under the bridge. Like no one knows you're there. That's Maybe probably that's why. why. Yeah. They're like, no one, no one ever checks them. They're just like, yeah. eh, should we do an inspection there? Nah. <laughs> no one knows that place is there. All right. Wow. So sorry, I cut you off on your, your no. excursion. Yeah, so that was the first excursion. And I too, so I actually called my parents at the grocery store. Well, it was kind of weird because it was Wegmans that I went in and we have Wegmans in Virginia. And in Virginia, the Wegmans wine section is top notch. It is sure. like, it's amazing. It it rivals a total wine. It is fantastic. So I walk in and like, they forgot part of the grocery store. There's a whole part of this. There's half of this grocery store is gone. So I call my mom and dad because they used to live in Maryland too. I was like, mom, mom, there's no liquor in here. You, she's like, what, what do you mean? I was like, you guys used to live here. Do you remember like any wine or beer? She's like, I don't know. Hold on, let me ask your dad. He's like, no, of course not, darling. It's Maryland. I'm like, it's Maryland. <laughs> so bless their hearts. They were like, okay, she's had a long day. So they, my mom was like, okay, don't worry. I Googled it. And there's a there's a liquor store 0.2 miles away. It's got to be in the same shopping center. I was like, you're right. There it is. So I got my wine. So that was okay. Went back to my hotel room, had my wine, my dinner, rested for the evening, and went out and competed. And it was a tough day um, just because I didn't feel like mentally ready for it. It was a very draining day prior. Uh, I lost all my matches except for Nogi Open. And the only reason I got to the Open division is because there was like nobody there competing. I, I only had like one girl in my weight class. Yeah, she was very good too. Uh, but it was enjoyable to meet people from new york and like all the northern states because they all came because they hadn't been down to other competitions you know so it was nice to meet them so it was good camaraderie in that sense um but i was there all day really really long event very tiring because uh, it's a one-day event so they put it was like i was there from like i got there too early but i was there from like 10 to 8 for the competition yeah and then I got back to the hotel, tired, lost all these matches, sad. And I go into my room, all my shit's gone. What? <laughs> yeah. So I had to run it back a little bit. Um, when I got the hotel, I only got it for Friday night because I wasn't sure if I was going to stay the whole day at the competition. And I, like I said, it's only like a two and a half hour, three hour drive back to my parents' house. I, was like, I might just do like half. I might just do ghee and then go back home. So I hadn't made the decision to stay until I got there. I got there Friday night. I checked in. I was like, hey, um, I'm not sure if I want to stay, but can I just call in the morning and extend my room? Like, is there anyone in there? They're like, yeah, sure. No problem. Absolutely call us in the morning and let us know if you want to stay. Okay. So I did that. 10 a.m. I called down the front desk. Hi, I'm me. I'm in this room. I'd like to stay another night. Okay. No problem. We got you. They did not have me. <laughs> they did not. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when I got back, all my stuff was gone. They'd taken it all out. I put it in the room. 
And at first I was like, okay, this is really bad. This is this isn't that good. Um but my room key still worked. So like I went in my room and it didn't it wasn't like room key didn't work. That was the other weird thing. Um Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, just give me my stuff back and I'll go back in there because there's nobody in the room. They're like, no, we're fully booked. It was like 8.30 at night at that point. Like, you know, we're fully booked and your room is booked too. I was like, okay, nobody's there. That's weird. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And your key worked. My key worked. Bad security on hotels. Mm-hmm. Lock your doors, folks. You're like, well, um, you can go over to the next hotel because uh, it's the same franchise. Uh, they have one room left. And if you walk over there, they probably will still have it by the time you get over there. I was like, excuse me. I'm not trying to be a Karen here. But I feel like the least you could do is call over and reserve it in the you know, 10, 15 minutes it takes me to gather my things and walk over there. They're like, no, we can't do that. I was like, what? Did they so, like what reason? Like they didn't get reason. They're just like we can't do that. I was like, yeah, it's that I've heard that before. That sounds like some motherfucker that just wasn't trying to do their job. Mm-hmm. Dicks. So at this point, I was so fucking mad and tired and hungry. So you know, I have normal days. I'm I'm a good, happy person. I have no qualms with the world. But the more things you take away from me the worse I get as a human. And I was rock bottom. I was monster level at this point. I had very little sleep. I had very little food because I get too stressed during competitions. I can't eat. And I was tired because I've been fighting all day too. And I'd also lost, which diminished my pride. And so at this point, I was like, I could I could yell. I could make a scene. I could be like, I just said, you know what? No. And I got all my stuff. And my parents, of course, are in the middle of this too. Even though I'm an adult, they're always, always got my back. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. I'm driving home. At this point, it's probably like 9, 30, 10. And they're like, no, no, don't do it. Don't drive home. You're not in a state to drive home. I was like, yes, I am. I'm driving home. I don't care. You cannot stop me. They're like, oh, Lord, fine. So I get on the road. Why y'all still out on the road in Maryland at 10 o'clock at night driving like crazy people? I ask this question anytime that where I live in my uh, little townhome community, there's a main road behind my house. Mm -hmm. And right now, 945, Mm -hmm. their cars are zipping back and forth. Back and forth, back and forth. And this will continue on until about 3 a.m. Back and forth. It's obnoxious. I don't know why we are the way we are, but Maryland needs to chill. You really, really do. You know, at least in Atlanta, it does chill down. It it does. It calms down. Now, if you go downtown Atlanta, like I, I take that back a little bit because like you could wind up in a section of Atlanta where they're like, locked off the intersection and doing donuts, but not on the highway. I mean, they weren't doing that on the highway in Maryland, but people were just driving like crazy. You weren't and I was tired. <laughs> so I, I start my drive and then I see the sign 
and I'm not proud of this and I'm working on this. I saw the sign draw bridge ahead. Oh I have a fear of bridges. I get you as do I. It went downhill real south, real, real fast. I ended up in a Target parking lot, almost in tears on the phone with my dad. Dad, I can't do it. I cannot drive over this bridge right now. So where did I end up? Because <laughs> I literally could not get over the bridge that was built for me. I ended up at a Weston <laughs> with a nice water view because I was the like, closest place at that point. And it was a lovely night. I'm sure they thought I looked insane and that I was probably a battered woman because I'm still in my no gi gear. Oh, wow. With tape and a sleeve on my knee. My eyes are bloodshot. I look like I have these horrible, like, uh, dark circles under my eyes that almost look like black eyes. I smell bad because I think of eating. I don't know what these poor people thought. I, like, I pull up in the West. <laughs> it's a nice place. I There was literally a man at the check-in counter, and they were just there. They had a wedding going on. It was so nice. And this man was there, a patron too, and he, like, looked at me. He's, like, smiling, having a good time. And he I, his face, he goes from smiling, and he looks at me. He goes, like, aghast <laughs> expression, like, is this woman okay? She's not okay. And I wasn't okay, but it's okay not to be okay when you've been through all these events, I feel like. That is true. So the Weston was lovely, had a nice breakfast, and then I was able to go over the bridge, which wasn't that scary the next day in the daylight. Um, to be fair, I thought it was a different bridge that I've seen and been over before, the um, Chesapeake Bay Bridge or one similar. And that one is like 200 feet in the, in the air, and like three miles long, it is petrifying. I thought that was the bridge that was coming up. So that led to the breakdown and stoppage. Oh yeah, no, that's a uh, that's a monster of a bridge though. Mm -hmm. Anytime that I have to go over the uh, Bay Bridge, I'm not okay. And I think last time, when was last? It was recent mm -hmm. and I didn't have a choice. I, I think, was it last, well, I know last year, my wife, the family that she was working with, they were, they, I don't know, they're they're vacationing, and mm -hmm. um, I think they invited Sarah and my daughter Sophie um, out, so they stayed overnight. So I had to come the next day to pick up Sophie, so I had to go over the bridge, mm -hmm. and my wife told me she was like, "Just a heads up, we're over the bridge." I was like, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I get over the bridge. It was a struggle. Mm -hmm. Now coming back over the bridge with my daughter was more mm -hmm. of a struggle because mm -hmm. now I'm freaking out of my head because I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want anything to happen. Like if it's just me, that sucks. Yeah. It's just me. This is my daughter. It's like, you know, but, you know, fortunately nothing happened. But, yeah. you know, she's going across the bridge. She's excited. I, I've got, you know, a stone face on, you, you know, she would have never guessed I was freaking out in my head. Mm -hmm. She's having a blast. She sees the water. She's excited. And I'm just sitting here in my head like, please don't piss yourself right here. Because the car ride the rest of the way was so like piss. And mm -hmm. You're a grown man. You can't be peeing yourself. Um, 
So uh, trust me, I understand that bridge. I understand that fear. Yeah. We are united. I am glad other people have this fear. I tell other people that they're like, it's a bridge, just go over. No, I, I cannot. And I told my therapist about it. She's like, we should revisit this later. Because again, I had all this stuff to explain to her. <laughs> She's like, we're going to focus on other things first, but we'll revisit the bridge thing later and try to figure out where that stems from. I was like, I, I don't know. I never had a bad bridge experience, but here we yeah. are. Nope, same here. I've never had a bad bridge experience, but I, you know, I wonder for me, I, I think watching some movies growing up where mm -hmm. instance, like there's an incident on the bridge, like mm -hmm. Wolfman prophecies. Um, one of the final destination movies, I think number five, um, there was another movie too. And I think it's kind of stuck in my head, but those were movies later in life. I've actually always had an issue with bridges, but I don't know. That's weird. Now I got, I got to ask my therapist on, on Friday. Hey doc, yeah. what's going on? We gotta, we gotta get to the bottom of it. Cause I don't know either. I did. I do remember seeing like, yeah, I, I think like one of those scary movies, like earlier on in childhood, but also like, I know, Bridges fail. They're not all that sturdy. And like I've tried to like watch videos and be like, this is how a bridge is constructed. Or I listen to the podcast side. That made it worse. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm I gotta don't do that. that. Probably doesn't help. Don't I don't advise doing that. It it See, made it worse. Have you ever been through the like like uh harbor tunnel here uh in in Maryland, they in Baltimore. No, like, but I've been through the the one that goes from um, like down in Norfolk. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't have any problem with tunnels. So I tunnels don't know totally that. fine. So I was okay with tunnels. I saw something recently. No, you don't, then, need, you don't need to add to my trauma. And then I became not okay with tunnels. And I actually went to a job interview. Like I had to go through the tunnel mm -hmm. and they're like, look, we're ready to hire you on the spot. And I was like, dude, I gotta go to a fucking tunnel every day. Fuck no. <laughs> like this, like you can't pay me enough to take this job. Like, and then there is a way around it, but it'll it's take a really me long 40, way. Like, yeah, it's like extra 40 minutes. I was like, mm -hmm. like, no, no, we're not doing this. Like, never mind, but tunnels, bridges, nope. As a matter of fact, I'm the kind of person I don't know that. Like, I think the furthest away I've had to drive for work has been 30 minutes. All my jobs have been like around the corner from my house. Yeah. So, oh, my cat is trying to steal the treat. Don't do it. As long as she steals them and doesn't knock them down. Sorry, I just saw that in the background of my camera. I'm like, is it somebody coming to get me or is it my cat? We don't know. I live with a baseline of fear. I've I've come to realize I'm a pretty chill person, but the fear is always sitting right there, right below the surface. I think that's a healthy thing though, because like survival. Yeah. You know, people who are fearless is like those are the knuckleheads who are like, let me jump out this plane without the parachute. I have no fear. Yeah, okay. so like I was 
I was thinking about that. I went to. See, did you see the new Top Gun movie? Not yet, but I am. I'm. It's, when it becomes available um, on streaming, immediately I'm getting it. It was so good. I hadn't seen the first one in a long time, um, but it was so so good. And I took my mom because her dad, my grandpa, was a fighter pilot. And I was like, I know she's gonna love this movie. It's gonna be great. She liked the first one, and I watched it. And I was like talking to her afterwards. I was like, man, Grandpa was like a crazy person, wasn't he, to do all this stuff? Because that's exactly what he did. He flew the jets, landed on the uh, little boat. It's a big boat, but when you're landing a plane, any any boat you're gonna land a plane on, I think that's little because you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he did that. I think he even There's like, a lot of land in the world that you could land that plane on and you chose It chose this. a fake part of land. Um she's like, Yeah, he was crazy, but you're crazy too. It's like, what do you mean? She's like, Well, you grew up riding horses, that's a dangerous sport. You had no problem with that. And now you go and fight people for fun. I was like <laughs> what? I don't see how that relates. I think it's a perfectly sane thing to do. Because I can always stop, you know. That's of my. You would point. say that though, because you're on the inside. People on the outside of this hobby, this 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 game that we play, people on the outside are like, "You guys are fucking nuts." And it's like I I come back to the point of we can always stop. We can always tap out. There's no point where we can't stop. It's not a real fight. It's not flying a plane in the air. You can't stop in the middle of that true but i feel like if given the opportunity or the path had changed julia would be flying a plane and trying to land on a little piece of fake land but instead julia was like i'm just gonna go choke people unconscious with my legs like okay that's weird but at least you're not flying planes and trying to land them on fake land so i think mom's right the uh, powers above chose that path for me i am very very blind i have negative five vision mm-hmm. so i would have had to undergo surgery to complete that life path True. so and, and i also can't really do any push-ups or pull-ups and i think that's like part of it i think that's weird <laughs> it's like here you're gonna fly this plane but do some push-ups I'm like okay um no but that's part and- of their fitness i i can't do that I'm I'm sure there's someone that knows better than me is probably listening like you're such an ignorant asshole, Dante. You need to be able to push us because of this, 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 and that. It's like, no, probably, but it doesn't make sense to me. So no. I, I, I think I think you doing jujitsu and having to do push-ups is more relevant than doing push-ups and flying a plane. Nope. Just a thought. It is definitely more relevant. I do push-ups every day now, but not very good ones. But yeah, always a little anxious, always a little crazy. Everybody thinks I'm really calm, but that's the facade. I I think that's a good defense mechanism, though. It keeps you alive. Yes. That's why I look at it. Because if you didn't have that, you'd be doing something crazier and more harmful. Yes. Like flying planes. Yeah. See, I think jujitsu is like, it's so good for me. And I think other people are too, because we have this innate, you know, fight or flight mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been thinking about it lately because I've gotten to know people that run for fun. Um, 
I say that with a healthy level of judgment. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, you guys are running how far? Ultra marathons? Oh, my gosh. For fun? fun. No. But then they say the same thing to me. You're you're fighting people for fun? Yeah, but fighting, like, at least this can be used as kind of self-defense, too. If some shit goes down, you can, like, kind of keep your distance, defend yourself. Running, I mean, runners could run away, but... See, that's where I'm getting at, right? I think it's the divide. Everyone that does jujitsu is the fight part of the fight or flight. Everyone that runs is the flight part. And we're all just trying to deal with our baseline anxieties by doing something that's faking out fighting or running, fighting or flighting. You know? That's the conclusion I've come to. That's my word of knowledge for the day. I feel like I don't need to go to therapy this week now. You just did it for me. Thank you. And I mean, I'm not going to brag, but like, <laughs> aren't we the better ones? I mean, some because might How much do we have to train? How much do we have to train compared to them? It's a lot. Well, I saw a TikTok the other day of this guy is doing like a triathlon or something. This man is training all day, like six hours a day for it. He's like, I broke down my nutrition requirements for every hour on the hour of my triathlon. I show up with a banana water and rice krispie treat. Yeah. That guy sounds like he's got some other issues going on though. It's like, dude, relax. Like you it's, it's gonna be fine. I mean, we're out there fighting. And yeah. <clears throat> as long as you don't have a Big Mac before you get on the mats, you should be fine. If you have a Big Mac before you get on the mat, you could still be fine, but your partner or your opponent will not. And I think you're still winning the fight at that point. Yeah, you are. But then there's judgment that comes with it. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not built for that kind of judgment. <laughs> so, I, 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 I just fast before I train. Well, you know what? Yeah. Let's just go ahead and chill. Oh, you know what other mistake I did make? I mm-hmm. made one mistake in Vegas. <clears throat> I had fish and chips before one of my matches. Okay. It went okay, but it was it was a little rough. It was a little rough. But yeah, fish and chips were really good. I'll say that. Um, Well, I mean that's the thing. It's all it's always good until it's not. Then when it's not, then it's like, oh no, I made a mistake. Mm it was hard it was just hard to tell i was like is this the fish and chips or is this the nerves i wasn't sure but i took a pepto and i was fine i was like okay it was both we'll move on i mean again it see that's the thing it's like runners versus grapplers and i'm 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 gonna say confidently i don't have any like competitive runners listening to this podcast so i'm gonna say what i need to say I'm going to get this off my chest right now. First of all, like, yes, from the outside, people can look at grapplers and say, you guys are lunatics. Mm-hmm. I say that about wrestlers. You know, it's all it's all relative. But runners are fucking psychopaths because, again, they're running for fun. And that's not fun. There's nothing fun. Like, also, like, running, the reason I think running is fucking bullshit is, like, if you're running to a destination, cool. You're just fucking running. For funsies, like you run in a circle, like you can mm-hmm. say that's a destination. It's not. It's dumb, mm-hmm. but it, it's like you're just running. 
Like, especially like track, track athletes. Get the fuck out of here. Shit is dumb. Like, you're going to burst all that energy for a few seconds. Dummy. Like, meanwhile, grapplers, we get out there. This is the closest you're going to get to a situation where it's life or death. Mm-hmm. And somebody's trying to attack you at full clip. You got to utilize what you have. Runners, on the other hand, you're just fucking running. Um, well, I wanted to real quick, because we talked about this before we started recording, but mm-hmm. I didn't think we were going to be going going so Also, I didn't think my daughter was Story times took too much time. Like, your story times are perfect times. Um, it's just weird that my daughter, because I thought about it before recording, I was like, there should be no reason that my daughter intervenes in this. Because I think every episode we've recorded, my daughter has popped in in every single yeah. episode. And it's like, okay. there's there's no way this is going to happen. And I hear the tap on the door. And I have the door locked. Because um, who, uh, who was I recording? I was recording with somebody one night. And they had phones on. And I, I'm paranoid. So after I get done recording, I look up and my door is open. So now I locked the door because I, I know it was her. She poked her head in and I couldn't mm-hmm. hear it with the headphones on. Mm-hmm. But this time I was like, okay, let me get up. Let me let her in. Mm-hmm. It's like, geez, Louise. Never, it's like, you know who I'm recording with. Because I didn't yeah. mention today that I was recording at all. So she knew. She was like, oh, Julia? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm going to show up. It's like, okay. Um, but... Uh, before we were recording, I was like, look, I want to get weird. Um, I don't know if we got enough time to get weird. But I'm just going to ask you a couple weird questions. And I okay. want your take on it. Hold because... on, let me get some more pina colada. Where's, where's my phone here? Did, did I actually mark down any weird questions? Or do I just, I might just off the top of the head, just go weird. Let's see go here. So I think what's in my phone, this is conspiracy stuff, and I'm not mm-hmm. really, I'm not built for that right now. My brain hurt, and I'm tired. But as I mentioned, I'm obsessed with idea of time travel mm-hmm. and multiversal. And and people act like, oh, well, since the Doctor Strange movie came out, everybody's saying multiverse. <laughs> Son, I've been saying multiverse since I was fucking six. Like... I've been about that life, like, because as a kid, I was like, this can't be it. There's got to be some other shit out there. And then I watched He-Man. I was like, holy shit, there is. And then I went back and watched He-Man, like, a couple years ago. I was like, dude, I was so fucking stupid as a kid. Like, that cartoon is so bad. Like, that Inspector Gadget. I was like, there's no way. Like, I should have called child services on my parents. Um, Just, it's like, why are you letting me watch this? This, Like, you're just making me. Meanwhile, like, you know, Transformers, G.I. Joe, but eh, I don't think G.I. Joe was that bad. I kind of want to watch G.I. Joe again now. That's just great. It's not bad. It's it's just just ridiculous enough. It's it's a little racist, but but it means well. It's not trying to be. I don't think they're trying to be racist. Like, Roblox, the black dude, he talks in rhyme. Uh, the, The native... Uh, character, his name is Spirit. Um, it's just like, okay. We just say it doesn't hold up. <laughs> That's the excuse we use to continue to watch our old uh, favorite. What's wild about it is they have a new line of action figures for them, all the classics, all the originals. I'm like, wow, 
that was ballsy of them. Mm. But people are buying them. And also, in the modern world, G.I. Joe, if you really look at it, Cobra is actually kind of the good guy. Cobra has benefits, mm-hmm. uh, opportunities for advancement, 401k. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't hear the Joes talk about none of that shit. No. The shows are over there struggling and getting poisoned by fucking snakes. And, you know, after Duke gets out of goddamn hospital, you know the medical bill was ridiculous. But they didn't talk about that. Meanwhile, you know, Tomax and Zaymont, you know, they out there running businesses and they got suits on and shit. So, mm-hmm. man, like, G.I. Joe was great. So, basically... Thinking about all the the weird shit with uh, time travel and multiverse, and you mentioned the Large Hydron Collider mm-hmm. um, getting turned back on, which I, I just feel like it's kind of a. I just think that we've got enough going on in the world. Do we really need to now add the potential of something really, really, really going left? Um, how do you feel about these weird? things in the mandela effect mm-hmm. I, I, and shit like I'll that, on that. Oh, um, I'll, I'll divert into what's the telescope that they fired up now uh the the large hydron collider that what they found <laughs> i've had a pina colada <laughs> <laughs> like the look of your face when you said it all you're like anyway <laughs> anyway I saw this thing, and this is when I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close the phone now because I just don't have the brain space to think about this anymore." Um, there apparently, like before, when they had the Hubble telescope, there was like this little star that they saw kind of just disappear. So I saw it and just poop went away. Uh, no reasonable explanation, no black hole, it didn't die, nothing like that. And then they saw another one, poof, disappear. But they couldn't really tell. They had, like, all these other theories about it. They thought maybe it's, like, hidden behind some clouds or a meteor or something. Um, like I said, it was just when they had the Hubble, so they couldn't see it very well. But now they have this super telescope, and they look better, and they're like, yeah, it's still gone. And uh, it's definitely not a cloud. It just went like Thanos just went, snap, you're gone. So I'm like, oh, that's great. Exciting. So we could just, things can just vanish. It's not just my socks anymore. So at that point I said, you know, I don't, I don't want to think about that. That's not left. That's not for me. I mean, that's the thing though. It's like, like, what is it? These cats are out there playing with things. And it's like, Hey man, you know, like we're at stake. Like there was a book I read. Um, I don't say it might have been two thousand eight. They did a TV show. Everyone thought the world was ending, so that that's even worse. <laughs> so, and this is where it gets really funky for me because so I wasn't aware of what the Large Hydron Collider was until mm-hmm. I read this book called Flash Forward, and in the book. They fired up the Large Hydron Collider, and everyone on the planet, everyone, Mm -hmm. passed out for two minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, in that two minutes of people passing out, everyone could see 20 years into the future. 
and then they woke back up mm -hmm. and chaos was all over the place because imagine you got people driving cars you got people walking across the street you know mm -hmm. just all types of bullshit um they didn't dig a whole lot into that because you know i'm sure they didn't have a lot of time but um i remember reading that book and and just thinking because it was like when i saw you know the large hydron collider i was like let me look this up and it was like oh that's a real thing and then you know i don't know when all the stuff with the uh, mandela effect came about but i just feel like <laughs> it just kind of all coincided together and like oh look at that let's fire this bad boy up again and now motherfuckers are talking about oh well jiff used to be called jiffy well that can be explained people got to mix up with skippy so mm -hmm. i get that that's explainable but that fucking sinbad movie fucking happened and i know that i remember the fucking, scene. yeah berenstein and berenstein bears i can't yeah like being a preschool teacher i've seen the two different books they exist Mm -hmm. um it, it's just like we got a lot of fucking weird shit going on and people are out there fucking around there's a dude who who's i'm obsessed with time travel but not like this one dude who's actually trying to make time travel happen can we leave that you know like i feel like somebody needs to send him a message like you know may, maybe later yeah like i i just well so this guy i guess is his father died in vietnam Mm -hmm. And he become obsessed with the idea of being able to travel back in time to mm -hmm. go spend time with his dad. And I just feel like it might be a little risky and selfish. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to go spend time with my dad. Meanwhile, I want to fucking destroy the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, not, not, so, not okay. Not okay. Have you seen uh, the Umbrella Academy? I started watching that. I was into it until I, I, I decided everybody else liked it, so I wanted to hate it. So, you're you need to get into it again because it's it's heavily focused on time travel and alternate universes. So I think you'd really like it. And they just came out with a new season. I binged it all, and they have this crazy theory of it's like the guy who invents time travel invents it because he wants to go back and change how his life was because his dad was like horrible to him and so he invents it and does it but in turn he makes himself not exist but then that like completely messes up all of space and time and it's it's just doesn't exist anymore so that was my issue with watching avengers endgame mm -hmm. which i thought the movie was fine for the fan service that it did it did a lot of really cool things but that time travel part that that hour two not okay mm -hmm. it's like and they try to explain away like well yeah we'll just get the, we'll go and get the songs and we'll put them right back where we left them you know you know it's like that's i don't think that's how time travel works i'm not an expert because i've never traveled in time obviously but i just feel like if you go back and you take an infinity stone you now just fucking fuck something up and what they did say was like well now you create a different pathway mm -hmm. but the thing is it's like okay if you go back and take the stone you create a different pathway it should be impossible for you to come back to mm -hmm. the correct place to now make an infinity gauntlet and he just was like and i get it it's a it's a comic book movie it's fictional yeah. i get it but it's like 
don't like because now you got this guy who's trying to build a time machine thinking that shit's real and he could yeah. just oh i'll just go back hang out with my dad and come back and everything's cool like no dickhead you'll hang out with your dad and you'll come back to you know the present time that won't exist because you went back and hung out with your dad y'all yeah. like had a couple fucking miller lights together and you know became good buddies and you know it just doesn't work that way just there's, a, there's another series too and they do it very well um I can't remember what it is, but they're going back. It's like somebody goes back to try to change a historical event and then it all changes. And I think they do it very well. Um, they keep going back and like there's one party that's going back to change it, to take over the world. And then the other party that's going back to stop them from changing it, but changes happen anyway. And along the way, like some of them don't exist anymore because of the changes that were made. And they have to keep like writing things down in this special Thing that won't get changed so that they remember what was supposed to be changed and what did change i'll, I, I'll send it to you what it is i feel like it, it sounds familiar yes send that to me please it was a tv show it lasted like two or three seasons and they canceled it with a cliffhanger but then the fans were so obsessed that they got a movie out of it to wrap it all up uh i need to know what this is um, i'm gonna i'm gonna think about it it's so I, I'll send it to you. There's this Hulu series called 112263. Mm-hmm. It's a Stephen King book. Actually, yeah, I do have the book. Duh. Dude, I have so many books that, that I, I haven't read. There's just a collection of books collecting dust. Um, but this book called 112263. And it's about the assassination of JFK. Mm-hmm. And it's also a time travel book. So in the series, because I definitely watched the series, there is a diner. And in the back of the diner, it just happens to be kind of a, you know, wormhole, I guess, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So the diner, what's happening is like the one guy who works there, who runs the diner, Everyone always says, oh, you have the best burgers. Your burgers are the freshest burgers. They always taste the best because he's going back to 1963, getting good meat and then coming back and making these great burgers. But um, See, that's you know, what you do with time travel. Nothing exactly. else. You, you get know, good burgers. Yeah. Like, why are we fucking around? But what was really going on is he was trying to go back to stop the assassination of JFK. Mm-hmm. Since he couldn't do it, he just started grabbing ground beef instead. <laughs> he was like, fuck it. <laughs> like, what, like, what are we doing here? Um, but basically, in, in the way that it was done, I really liked it because when like James Franco got involved, he would go back and he would try to make, you know, he would try to change events. But time has a way of course correcting. So if it was meant to happen, it is going to happen. So if he would go back and he would, cause he was, he was fucking with Oswald mm-hmm. trying to like get him like to do things different. Nope. Life was meant to happen a certain way. So it had to happen that way. There's another time travel movie called primer. Like I like time travel movies that handle things in small increments mm-hmm. because I think that's the best way to do a time travel movie where you really don't have opportunity to to make these big leaps and, and fuck things up. Like I love Back to the Future, one of my favorite movies. Um, and Back to the Future too. But those movies can't happen the way that they happened if you're doing yeah. time travel. 
how it maybe should go. But um, Primer, it's just done in small increments, and there's a movie called Time Lapse as well, also done in small increments. Mm -hmm. And Time Lapse is really, really interesting. Primer is a little boring, but it, it makes sense. So, but those types of time travel movies I enjoy because it's like, okay, there's no real consequence. Whereas these other ones like Endgame, Back to the Future, uh, The Time Machine. Well, The Time Machine was actually pretty cool because it's like, again, if shit was meant to happen, it happened. Mm -hmm. So, but um, I don't know. That's like... That's been my obsession lately. My brain has just been going in that direction. And, and now I'm on this whole like alternate reality world because look, the universe is too fucking big for there not to be another fucking planet. And I don't know what happens after we die. So for all I know, after the shit all goes awry and, and you know, fucking it blows up, we're just going to restart on another fucking planet somewhere else. And all this shit, God, that is Have you not heard the conspiracy theory that we're out, we've already been restarted? Actually, there's two, two that I think you'll like. So the one is that this planet was here before, dinosaurs, everything very, very old, obviously. And there was a whole civilization that ended, and now we've just started the cycle again. That's one. That. The second is that we are an alien penile colony. Like, we are the rejects that got dropped off. <laughs> we were the we were the terrible people, the aliens. I can get with that. I mean, we're, we are the us off here, and here we are. And I think that explains so much. We're the Australia of the of the universe. Like, I think no one else has been around. There's yeah. a big X somewhere out there that says that's the jail planet. Don't go over there. I think that we are at a point now where <clears throat> we got weird. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Um, like, I, th I think we're at a point now as a civilization where we're so advanced, we don't even know what to do with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And Whoever's watching over us, they feel the same way. It's like playing a video game. Have you ever played? So there's this game called Civilization. Um, it was a computer game, and basically it was just that, Civilization. You start off with just two people. You, you build a hut, and then you move along. You build another hut and another hut, and then over so much time, you get advancements. And eventually, you know, you start going through certain historical events achievements and all this stuff it was pretty cool yeah. um you get into and i think the game actually ends at 2020 that's as far as you can go before you like blow shit up <laughs> ironic yeah. um but i like with that game i never i made it only to 2020 once but any other time it just you get so advanced and just mm -hmm. get so ahead of yourself that it's like it's too much. It's too much to keep up with. I feel like that's where we're at right now. We just got too much shit going on. We can't even keep up. Whoever's watching over us are like, we're done. So I was listening to podcasts. Kind of, it kind of touched on this. It was um, stuff you should know. And they were talking about, you know, how would we go about contacting aliens? It's not like a conspiracy podcast. Like they talk about everything in the world. But this was how we would go about contacting aliens. Like what 
we have like the gold record and everything, how we would tell the world if we found any kind of alien life. Um, but they also touched on is this theory that all civilizations need to survive the rise up of like all this technology, creation of technology, like you create it all and then you have to survive it, right? So we're trying to decide now, are we in that period where we need, where we're, we've developed so much technology, now we just have to survive the technology we've created or have we not gotten to that point in technology yet? Or did we already pass it? We're trying to figure out where we are on this point. I think they said if we can survive the next 10 years, we're fine. I just don't, I just don't know, man. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Yes. Um, as always, thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me. It's, it's so like, it actually, when you broke down kind of like the numbers on how often it's like, I was thinking the other day too, it was like, I actually need to reach out to Julia, like get her on the podcast. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's like a timer in my head. So thank you as always for being my guest. Um, shout outs, mentions, you got any? I can't really think of any, uh, currently, uh, well, while you're thinking of your potential shout outs and mentions, I'll go ahead and do mine. As always, thank you everyone for listening to the show. I do appreciate the hell out of everyone, all the downloads, all the attention that you guys give the show. I was looking back at the old Instagram story archives and I saw when this all first started two years ago, actually, about to do two year anniversary episode very soon. But um, two years ago, I'm looking at all the the mentions and shout outs that everybody gave me and I tear it up a little bit. So thank you, everyone. You guys are fucking awesome. Uh, you know, want to give a big shout out to number one, my guest here, Julia. She's been on here multiple times and, you know, each time has always been a treat. So thank you uh, for that. Big shout out to the shirt that I'm wearing here, BJJ Judo Co. or company whichever way you want to go. Um, Amy uh, runs that program there. Um, go check out the website. I'll put it in the notes. It's bjjjudo.co. Uh, go check it out. Get some merchandise. They're good people. Also, use my offer code, bjjwiki. Save yourself some money. Um, and also, check out my other podcast, So You Like Horror. Because if you like horror, I got you covered. Not really. It's just me talking to my friends about scary movies. But it's no different than this show. So go fucking check that one out, too, if you're not sick of me yet. But um, otherwise, thank you. Love you all. Julia, did you think of any shout-outs yet? Um, I will shout-out my physical therapist because I talked about him enough. It's um, in the outside the perimeter in Atlanta. It's above or above. This is uh, name is above physical therapy over in Swanee. And... Like I said, he does jujitsu. He's purple belt. So he can fix you up and not give any judgment um, as far as why are you so crazy? But he actually does help really a lot. Um, went from like not really being able to walk without pain to competing and doing really well in a short amount of time. So I'm very, very pleased with him. Very happy. Go check him out. Love PT.
<laughs> excellent, excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, and as always, to everyone listening, again, love you. Thank you. You guys keep listening to the show, and I'm going to keep making them. Thank you, everyone, and ciao. They promised. Now let me see his song.